coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams... Make sure you never, ever scream, or or she'll she'll rip your tongue out at the scene. scene. And And if if you see her, remember this. The only thing that can stop stop her is... Welcome once again. Ladies and gentlemen, turn out the lights, look in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz Not Movies. I'm Teddy. My name is Matt. And we'd like to welcome you here to the Buzz Not Movies Theater um, for another night of cocktails and films. Tonight, we're going to be talking about 2007's Dead Silence by one of our favorite filmmakers, James Wan. I don't know why I became a monkey for that. You can tell we're super hyped for it. Yeah. <laughs> we're making animal noises already. Barely two minutes in. Already doing that. All right. Um, for starters, what are we drinking this evening, Matt? Uh, so we are drinking a cocktail. Um, I don't really know. It's like gin. Some, uh, what's the, what's the, um, it's not, it's not Cointreau, but it's the, uh, the like Creole. Influence one. It's like, um, yeah, it's like, fuck. Orange. Southern Comfort? <laughs> no, 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 no. Curacao? Uh, no, hold on, hold on. It's, uh, it's like, it's called, fuck. Give me a second. Let me check the bottle. It's called fuck. I got it. I got it. Gonna hear like just a whole bunch of go. bottles crash to the floor now. Clement. It's called Clement. Clement. Uh, okay. Yes. And it's French Caribbean liqueur, Creole shrub, Clement. Um, oh, interesting. So Clement um, is also an agricole rum. Yes, it's not that. But I think um Is it made by the same people? Uh, the, yes, I was gonna say the ah. people make uh, and they do make that too. Um, interesting. Um so it's ba- it's basically Cointreau, but it's got some like some of the fla- it's got some other flavors that it was like, you know distilled with i guess that makes it you know a little bit different so anyway it's that with gin campari and cranberry juice and uh creme de cassis and sprite and sprite so the idea was that it would look like dark red and fade as it got to the bottom like to be darker so i was going for a dead silence theme um so that's it sounds good yeah yeah it's pretty good i have what is billed as a tiki drink, and I think that so I was I was very excited about this. This is called a tongue twister. Makes sense. <laughs> very okay, for this, it. Um, it's a three quarter ounce each of light rum, tequila, and vodka, half an ounce of cream of coconut, three ounces pineapple juice, half an ounce each of milk and cream, and a quarter ounce of grenadine. And, um, yeah, it's like a nice creamy coconutty pineapple. It's, you know, similar to like a pina colada, but slightly different. Got a lot else going on there too. Sounds good. I, my drink also has pechot's bitters. I forgot to mention that. 
Oh, yes. Um, you know, got to get a little fancy. I had to have some bitterness, literally, because I feel like a bloody drink would be. You know what I'm really mad about? That I didn't think fucking Bloody Mary for the Mary Shaw horror movie. Oh, <laughs> well, like, yeah. I thought about it as we were like, as I was sitting down and I was like, oh, I should have made some tomato. Some that, tomato mix. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But we're we're here with our cocktails and um, here to discuss a a favorite movie of ours, one that we uh, I thought would be a nice throwback after reviewing some James Wan recently. Um, well, before we get to <laughs> <laughs> recently, as in in the last year, you know, time okay. time just keeps on slipping, so to speak. Um, Um, <laughs> so before we get into that though, have you, we, well, we talked about this already. We haven't seen anything recently in the movies. Uh, well, actually we talked about this separately. We didn't talk yeah. about this on the podcast. Um, right. yeah, I really haven't been watching like movies. It's been like a tough, you know, I don't know, like the, ever since we last spoke, I mean, really the last movie I saw in theaters was scream, which we've already discussed. Um, so, um, yeah, it's tough for me. I have not. It's been a weird time. The pandemic's been weird. There haven't hasn't been a lot playing that's like worth risking. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, um, yeah, we are kind of in that weird January funk right now, where there's not like a lot worth seeing coming out. Right. Um, like if if COVID numbers were like really good, I wouldn't care, and I would be like, this is fine. I would still go just because I have AMC A list. Like I can I can do a movie that's not good but there's just not been a lot that's like even worth like you know i have to go into manhattan for it hasn't been a lot that's worth that um so but i think soon i'm gonna change that up and start seeing things again like i'm gonna see bell tomorrow and i'm excited Um, yeah that looks really good i might try to catch the black and white nightmare alley i see that it's showing but it's like one show time a day here in the city so i have to like really like work for it um (laughs) Yeah, um, no, I think I want to check that out too. That yeah. should be interesting. I, and I'm surprised, like, uh, that they're actually doing a decent number of showtimes each day for that here. We've still I, got a I, lot of showtimes of Nightmare Alley randomly, just not of the black and white one. Oh, weird! Nightmare Alley left here, I think, like two weeks ago, and now they're showing they're going to be showing the black and white one starting on Friday, which um, I'm like, great. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. A new new way to enjoy this movie. Um, yep. And the black and white definitely seems like it would fit the overall vibe of the movie. So that should be yeah. fine. Um, I'm thinking of checking out. Well, I, I've been working up to seeing Scream. <laughs> so I, I, I saw Scream 3 today, hoping to catch Scream 4 either tonight or tomorrow and then go see the new movie. So we nice. can finally talk about that. Yeah. Um, Please do. Yeah. We'll have to do like a retrospective on the whole series since you just went definitely. Them, you know? It's been okay. interesting watching all of them because this is not a franchise I really had any familiarity with beforehand. Um, so yeah, that'll be cool. And um, I still need to check out Spider Man. Obviously, I'm going to. It's some probably after Scream. That's okay. like next on my list. Um, but other than that, yeah, I. I, I <laughs> I might check out the King's daughter just cause that looks so weird. And yeah, that, that is a, str- I can't, that movie doesn't feel like a movie that would be released in 2022. I feel like that's well, a movie from a bygone era. Well, uh, well, what if I, told, happens. 
<laughs> what if I told you that that film has apparently been on the shelf since 2015 yeah, and is just it. now getting released? Uh, that intrigues me. This is so like wait, it's actually it was it actually filmed that long ago? Like like or I was think it just it, like in production hell? No, I think like at oh. least at least from what I heard to he wrapped it, up in May 2014. <laughs> it, it finished in 2014. Oh my god, that's crazy. We're closing in on like ten years of the same. Man, this, this is, is like, so weird. It's not even like, like there are like a couple years ago, you probably could have capitalized on Kaya Scodelario. Now you can't even do that. Really, we've like moved, she's moved past her. Yeah, she her moment has passed. It's it's that's very strange. This is like even crazier than when Tulip Fever came out. This is so yeah that yeah. Wow, yeah. Shooting began in April of 2014, so nearly eight years ago. Um, generally negative reviews. So yeah, I, I'm intrigued, though. When a movie comes out like this, I'm intrigued. And yeah. usually it's at least Also, it like, to seems watch. to be like a kind of lighthearted fantasy film, but it's about Louis XIV, who's not really somebody who was like a light, <laughs> happy figure. So interesting um concept i will say um yeah i mean i guess like it was sort of a light figure and that he was like a ridiculous something? human but like um like he was also not like a good guy yeah <laughs> um oh the plot yeah. is the plot is very straightforward here king louis XIV's quest for immortality leads him to capture and steal a mermaid's life force a move that is further complicated by his illegitimate daughter's discovery of the creature i will say that interesting. he probably would definitely he would, unusual I think he would uh, quest for immortality and kidnap a mermaid if he was asked to. So he would have done that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm wondering if this is like a like a, a backdoor sequel to the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh my god! In a way. Please, <laughs> 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 it kind of sounds like it. It could be. Um, but yeah, uh, might check be. that out. <laughs> there's, but there's uh, generally not much going on at the movies these days. Um, hopefully we'll have more current movies to bring you soon, but for now we're just, we, you know, we're checking out whatever strikes our fancy. Um, and this week it's dead silence. It's so, dead silence. Um, yeah, we dead silence. Yeah. So I know we've already done one poem tonight, but the, the bomb gods are still not satisfied we must do the incantation to open up the Buzz on Movie screening room. We must. You know how we do it. How we, how we so, do it. Um, feel yeah. free to read along at home. Ooh. We come to this place for magic. Magic. We come to AMC <laughs> theaters to laugh, to cry, to, to care. To care. Because we need because that. Because we need that. All of us. All of us. That, that indescribable, indescribable feeling, feeling we yeah. get when the lights when begin, the lights to, begin dim to dim and we go we somewhere go we've never, we've been, never before. been before. Not just entertain, but somehow reborn, reborn together. together. Dazzling, Dazzling images on a huge, on a huge silver, silver screen. screen. Sound, Sound that I can feel. I can feel. Somehow, somehow heartbreak, heartbreak feels, feels good, good in a place, in a place like this. Like this. Our heroes, Our heroes feel like the, feel best, like parts the best parts of us, of us. And, stories and stories feel perfect, feel perfect and, powerful. and powerful because here, because here they, they are. are. 
AMC theaters. AMC theaters. We make movies better. We make better. movies better. Um. Woo! Yeah! Oh, and with that, it's gonna be like the worst the doors day of, the of my life when they stop stop showing that. When they stop, I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be. So, it's gonna, gonna be, be genuinely disappointing. Yeah, they've got to replace I'm, it with something like good. You know, they've got to they've got to find something. I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode, but like when I was up in D.C., I finally went to an AMC for the first time in like two years because I went there to go see Nightmare Alley and I finally got to see the Nicole Kidman ad in person. So iconic. So iconic. An incredible experience. Nobody was chanting along. So uh, very disappointed there. But that's fine. Did you see the full one? Did you see the full one or was it the truncated one? Um, uh, well, I, I think it was the full one. She did say heartbreak feels good in a place like this. So, yeah. and that's the part that I think they said was cut, but I mean, they, I don't yeah, know. I think I, that part is cut. There are a few things that are cut. You would know. I mean, you, we were cite this. You would probably have recognized if it were like too short. Um, yeah. And it was also a few weeks ago. Right. So, um, yeah. Cause they, they only recently ish started truncating it. Um, so. Yeah, no, I that was that AMC was like the full experience. I I got there for the full Maria Menounos and nice. the uh, Nicole Kidman ad. Yeah, very nice. pleased with that experience. Love it, but love it. Yeah, let's talk about 2007's Dead Silence. Let's do so, it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, this was a movie that I have not seen in a long time. I am pretty sure that I originally saw this around the time it came out. I I don't I did not see it in theaters, but I did. Okay. I watched yeah. this around the time when I was like getting into Saw, and then like I heard like oh, uh, James Wan also made this like weird puppet movie. <laughs> and I was like, sure this did. sounds great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is directed by James Wan, uh, screenplay by Lee Wanell. And yep. story by both of them. Um, so and the music by Charlie Clouser. So this is like the most Saw movie that's not a Saw movie. Um, yeah, and a lot mm-hmm. of it really does. I mean, Oren Cools uh, is also one of the producers. Um, you know, yeah. we, there's a there we there's a lot of the Saw team here. They're all together. Um, there is visible Saw influence. Um, not just in that Billy the Puppet is actually in this movie briefly, but also in that, um, you know, like just like the editing style, like there are moments where you get the like think about like the way the twist is revealed and you get that like those like choppy edits and like revolving camera as pe- like you see new things and you're like, whoa, it's like it feels like <laughs> song. like there are moments where it, it's yeah. like very much like, yes, we did saw. What about it? Um, so, you know. Yeah, you can feel it here. What's interesting, it doesn't have like the same crazy editing style. There is like a little bit more. Not totally, like, but there are moments where it does. I don't know which. I watched the un, the unrated version. I don't know about you, but. um. Oh, yeah. I it does. I think there are moments where it does have some saw edits, some saw editing style. I mean, it doesn't have uh, what's his name? Um, Darren Lynn Boozman um, running around, but. Yeah, <laughs> playing his Doing role, his which thing. I think is 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 a big part of how some of the saw aesthetic happened. But um, you know, it's still that is true. I it, yeah, I think it covers some of it. Even just like the color palette. I mean, no, granted, this color palette. Oh was yeah, like the, also just big at the time in general. But um, 
like yeah, visually, this is very like, like 2000s horror. It's like mm-hmm. like desaturated colors, like reds and blues only. You know, pretty much. You know, um, I made a note about that in my like notes, and I never make notes, but I did make that note. Um, um, I also really enjoyed that Jamie, who is played by Ryan Quentin, who is also like an extremely like 2000s actor to be starred. Oh yeah, in this movie. like I don't I know if he's was... done anything. <laughs> um it was but, very funny that like he did this before true blood yes <laughs> and i was yeah. like uh, i was like wow like i might have actually seen this before true blood came out and then not realized that it was the same guy kind of like how i saw the midnight meat train before bradley cooper became a star and only realized later when i went back to it, it was like oh yeah that's bradley cooper in that movie <laughs> I suspect that a lot of people had that. I mean, I definitely didn't put put together that it was Bradley Cooper for a while. Um, that took me a while, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, it's Ryan Quentin, which is, like, a really, like, just, like, random actor to be in this movie. And also, he's wearing, like, the most quintessential, like, 2000s dude in a movie shirt. Like, that brown vertical striped shirt. Like, pretty sure, like, Rob <laughs> yeah. Thomas has worn that in music videos. And, like, all, oh like, like there's just, like, a very 2000s vibe that he has that is, like, very... And, like, you know, that like, that shirt is very 2000s. And then, like, just, like, the, the attire of, like, everybody. That, like, nondescript look that they would try to give to, like, normie characters in 2000s. Like, think about his girlfriend. She's wearing, like, a, a cami with, like, spaghetti straps. And I'm like... Yeah, okay. It's just like the very 2000s look of all of this. 2000s, um, so like the heyday of normcore. Before, yeah. Well, like, you know, like cool. when, like, like, it was like movies, like, none of the characters had distinctive style unless they were trying to be like, that's the emo one. Like, you know, like, <laughs> there was like never like a distinctive visual style for anyone. They all wore the exact same things. Um, and so probably years from now, people will say the same about us. But I do feel like there was a little bit less like these people shopped at JCPenney. Like, like th- these <laughs> characters, these characters shop at JCPenney, Sears and like Hex, honestly, before Hex went out Hex? of business and Dillard's before Dillard's went out of business. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, <laughs> Bringing so, Hex into like, it. Here. You know, it's just. Yeah. You know, like that's it's just like the, the look of like when like. In the 2000s, like, people, like, there was, like, no effort in these, like, horror movies to, like, make the actors have any distinct, like, every character in every movie wore the exact same outfits. You could just, like, lift them up and change them and it would have been fine. Um, and you could just see that. And you see that in Saw, too, where, like, everybody's, like, nobody ever wears anything that basic ever in the entire oh, yeah. world. Like, you know? Um, but Saw, they'll do it. And here, they'll do it. Um, so, you know, just, like, everything about this feels 2000s. Ever, literally everything. Um so I appreciated that about it, actually. Even the music felt very 2000s. Like, the score, Charlie Clauser's score was like, this was made in, like, mid-2000s. This was all conceived. Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the score was was very similar to the Saw score, which mm-hmm. feels, like, you know, orchestral, but also but similar to Saw, industrial. Like there, were, there were elements that were, like, like, when they would do, like, lighter, like, the opening score moment, like, um... And moments where it was like kind of inspired by like like I I got tinges of like The Exorcist like tubular bells in that yeah at one yeah. point um, I was thinking that that sort yeah. of like yeah yeah so um 
you know, it was just like a, even like the score felt a little bit like, I mean, at the time it might not have felt so throwback, but even now it like just feels so th- like a lot of scores are not distinctive. Even in the, t- even in the two thousands are a lot of scores that weren't distinctive. I mean, um, <laughs> cause you know, it would just be like droning scores, you know, it was very common for a score to just be like, like nothing going on. I was like, okay. Think about like the fucking dark Knight. Sorry to what's his name who scored that movie. But does anybody remember that music? Not me. Um, <laughs> you don't remember the music to the dark Knight? That was like, that was iconic. <laughs> well, sort of, it was like the least iconic part of that, about that movie. Um, so, you know, I know that's like a sort of hot take, but it like, like droning scores were like common in the two thousands. It was just like, oh, like this movie yeah. is not a droning score. It's like a, it's like a very, weird sort of score and it's very distinctive charlie clauser um score which makes it very 2000s um in its own way um so you know it's an interesting movie altogether just because it feels almost like a pastiche of itself in some moments i'm like all right (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) but of course the movie is maybe taking itself seriously kind of hard to tell um yeah but uh, what's interesting (laughs) about this movie is that like it seemed like so first of all my first impressions watching this we're like, this seems a lot like malignant. <laughs> yeah. And obviously you're going to make that connection because it's, it's like, it's a James Wan movie. Um, so but James this Wan supernatural horror movie. Like, yes, yeah. this feels more like malignant than anything else he's done. Um, be it, you know, the um, uh, conjuring movies or the saw movies or whatever. This one specifically feels a lot like malignant in like, some of like the the sweeping shots with score that they do the um the, the fog yeah, just like the sheer the volume fogginess fog like just movie. like the melodrama like it yeah. it does seem like it has some of those like jalo type influences at times where it's like being super melodramatic and like and it's got like sort of a kooky villain as well but this one is not does not play it quite as goofily as malignant is malignant kind of had more in common with the nun like honestly this movie yeah. was kind of, it's very <laughs> the nun and that it was like you were never quite sure if it was taking itself seriously you were sort of like it, do you want me to laugh like this you're is right, kind of absurd right. <laughs> like <laughs> that's like the, yeah this is like the slightly better version of what the nun was going for the nun was like i don't know the nun was pretty mess. funny because it it did show the same shots of the abbey like 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> it was like every time we need to cut away from a scene we just show the outside of the abbey yeah, um yeah. this movie did that a lot it's like yeah. whenever we end a scene we get like these big sweeping overhead aerial yeah. shots and so yeah. um it was a little more effective because it wasn't just showing the same building every time but yes. Yeah, it had that. This this movie also had the big creepy building <laughs> that yep. someone has to go to for some reason. It was the um, you know the sanitarium in Malignant. In this, it's the creepy old theater that's on a lake on the outskirts. I was gonna say it's of- only accessible <laughs> by boat, like for some reason. Um, yeah, so weird. Um, but yes, we so we've talked about the costumes, the score the actors the the talked about all actors. cinematography why don't we talk about the plot <laughs> why what, don't we Let's what happens in this movie you might be wondering well so i would also be wondering it's, um <laughs> listen this movie is kind of a mess plot like 
Because none of it, like, uh, there are moments in this movie where, like, you just sort of, like, have to just, like, put two and two together yourself. Like, I'm thinking, like, Ryan, okay, the movie opens, Ryan Quinn, he's playing Jamie. He and his wife get a doll in the mail, first of all. Which is, like, a crazy way for a movie to start. They get a fucking ventriloquist doll, and they're like, yeah. okay, we'll leave that. Well, like, this is cool. And I'm like, like, I mean, they think it's creepy. He especially does. Quite frankly, as the movie progresses it sort of becomes clear that actually you should have thought this was way fucking weirder than you did. Right. Because you come from the town where this doll originated and where the crazy lady who built the doll comes from and you knew about her. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> the average person receiving a creepy looking ventriloquist doll in the mail would be like, what the fuck is this? Who sent it to me? And I, like, I'm immediately on a high alert, like call the police. Yes. If you come from the the creepy puppet town, you definitely are concerned at this point. <laughs> but like at first he gets it. Okay. So here's a progression of how, like he gets the doll and he's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Don't you think? And she's like, Oh, are you scared? I'll protect you. And like, I'm like, okay. Like this all, this is like a normal interaction sort of for two people who get a doll in the mail. Although still got to say, even if you don't come from creepy doll land, I would not <laughs> keep a creepy doll that I got in the mail without a return address. I would not keep it. That would not stay in my home for longer than it took me to open the package. That would go out to a dumpster immediately. That thing <laughs> is not coming anywhere near my apartment. Like, fucking weird. I know I've just watched too many movies. Maybe Ryan Quentin's character hadn't. Like, but like, that just no. Uh, that's not coming into my home for any longer than it has to be there. That would so, be on the street corner. So like that you could walk by and pick it up with people's old records and but stuff. But like <laughs> he then just like lets it stay there. And then spoiler alert, it's not a spoiler. His wife gets killed, uh, presumably by said doll and like, uh, or somehow related to said doll, I should say. And he like, and then he starts freaking out and he tells the detective, well, where I come from, there's a legend about the doll. And I'm like, what you didn't say this earlier when you first got the doll why did you tell your wife about the creepy legend about the doll <laughs> like, well apparently the, like isn't the wife from the same town shouldn't she also know like it? Like, like and like go right because she goes you know the the legend beware the stare of mary shaw i'm like should any of us be like why are we like and like it's just like you sort of like but then like as it goes on he's like tell me about mary shaw and he like running around looking at the doll and like, it's very clear that he just sort of knew a lot more than he was letting on. And I'm like, you should have, like, why were we not more upset about the doll when it first arrived? You come from creepy doll town land. Like, I'm very confused, Ryan Quentin. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why his reaction was so subdued. And then he was like, oh, the doll. And I'm like, well, if you were so, like, if you knew all of this, if you knew there was a creepy lady where a legend about the doll, and there was a literal, I mean, if I came from a town with a doll cemetery, I don't care <laughs> if I knew the legend. If I come from a town with a doll cemetery, no way in fucking hell is a doll staying anywhere near me. Because I come from a place where dolls get buried in the dirt. That's yeah. weird. That is very strange. That will like, change your your attitude towards dolls. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very, very weird. It's very weird. And I think that Ryan Quentin is not, he's not freaked out enough by the doll when it first comes. He's just like a little bit creeped out. He needs to be like, I would be like, I, I don't know how I'd react, but my the like I would be like the students in Annabelle who like are freaking out and putting the doll out <laughs> in the dumpster and are like, oh my God. Like 
That's what I would be doing with this. Here's a, another James fucking Wan goosebumps thing. fucking ass puppet gets thrown into my mail. Why is there a goosebumps puppet in my mail? I don't want. I want to know. I have questions. It does look like the goosebumps puppet. Yeah, like it's got yeah. the same like it's got the same general look. Yeah, um, I mean the goosebumps. The 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 common thread is that they just look like standard ventriloquist dummies. Yeah, but like the old timey um, ones. Yeah. Um, not like, not like, not like the Jeff Dunham. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> um, imagine, like, imagine this movie, except it's like the the racist Arab puppet from Jeff Dunham. Oh Dunham's. my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. That'd be a whole lot. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just very strange. I don't understand the reaction. It's not. He doesn't. They don't react enough to the doll. Yeah. Um, the, the doll, so it, it's presumably doing the killing. We don't know everything about it at this point, but it, the first scene where we see it like kind of working its magic also really reminded me of Malignant. It's got this thing where it like sort of sucks all the sound out of the room. Yes. It's just like all of a sudden, just like everything goes quiet and they'll draw attention to it by showing you something that should clearly be making sound, but it doesn't. Right. Uh, and then the the dolls like moving around doing creepy stuff, but it's very similar to like the dream sequences from mm-hmm. Malignant. And then the doll like apparently is like killing people by ripping their tongues out. That's all. That's all we know at this point. Is right. That it's, she um, gets her tongue ripped out. Where's it like the the way that it uses sound is interesting. The sound will like drop out, and then you'll hear like muffled versions of what you should hear like even Mm -hmm. if it's people talking it's like they're talking through a wall or a door or something um it's interesting um and obviously there's a there's a i mean we can get into it at some point there's a correlation between like just like like the sound use of sound is thematic right it it has to do with the 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 villain herself or himself or whatever um so you know it, that that that's why it's done, but it is interesting the way sound is used in those moments. Um, oh, here's here's a very weird correlation. Um, me watching this movie and then watching Scream Three, which also prominently utilizes a villain using other people's voices to lure oh, yeah. people yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's yeah, that's a big thing in both of those movies. Um, yep, yep, that is interesting. Did you watch them literally one after the other? Uh, I've watched a couple things in between, but oh, okay. like both within the past like two or three days. Nice. Um, so, um, so anyway, so like uh, Ryan Quentin's wife gets killed, and uh, because he was out picking up the takeout because they don't have Uber Eats yet. Um, Two thousand seven. Yeah. <laughs> if only, if only we we'd all had forget Uber what two thousand seven was like back. But like at the time, the only way you could order food like remotely was like you had to pick up your phone and make a hard. phone call. Um, what a rough time! What a, what a dark time! And it was it was really only like on the phone. it was really only Chinese and pizza. Like you couldn't really like order anything else like for delivery back in that. Um, at least not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you lived in a major city, but at least where I was, unless <laughs> you used takeout taxi, which was like the shitty early version of Uber yeah, well, Eats. Anyway, but I I didn't live in a place that did things like that. Yeah, small town Virginia. Uh, <laughs> but a- anyway, because because of this murder, um, the uh, the 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 lead detective on this case comes over, who's played by uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, who, um, 
also from the Saw franchise, uh, right. playing Detective Matthews. I feel like he's playing like the same character. Like it's like actually not a different. Like I think I mean he's called Jim Lipton here, but I I do think he's actually just Eric Matthews. He's almost entirely the same character, slightly less angry and slightly more goofy, because like he's not like exploding in every scene. Yeah, and he's also like. <laughs> His one character quirk is that he's like always shaving with an electric razor. Yeah, so it's just such a weird character quirk. <laughs> it's like um, you keep thinking it's gonna like pay off or something, but no, it's just like he's shaving it in every scene, and then in the scene where spoiler alert, he dies, then like the yeah. razor like falls out and like is juddering across the floor. That's it. Yep. That's the only thing that happens with the razor. It's so weird. It's such a strange thing. I wonder if like Donnie Wahlberg was like, you know, I should have this quirk because he was just like shaving on set or something. Um, <laughs> they couldn't get him to stop shaving on set. So like, fine, just make it part of the character. Right. I could I could see Donnie Wahlberg being weirdly addicted to shaving. Um, <laughs> at the time, I feel like remote like razors were also like kind of like unusual like now it's like having a razor without like a cord is like whatever like an electric razor but like yeah i remember like in the 2000 in that in 2007 if i'd seen somebody with like a razor i've been like what well, oh two, I, in 2007 you could have like a rechargeable or battery you could, but it was one. weird it like was travel weird. travel razors they yeah, had that's that. weird i didn't have that i mean um i knew it's they weird existed. to carry a carried around with you yes there was a guy in my hometown who would do it while he was driving um and that <laughs> That was like my real only my only um, exposure to the fact that they existed. Um, but I knew because he he was like the father of a student at my high school. And so he would pick up his, his, you know, his child. And sometimes I'd be driving back at the same time and I would look over and he'd be shaving in his car. <laughs> and, um, That's definitely the same, like the same guy as his character. Probably just Donnie Wahlberg. Um, did so, did yeah. you know Donnie Wahlberg growing up? Is <laughs> did that you what know? Um, no. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, probably fortunately, um, I did not. Um, probably for the best that I don't know the Wahlbergs on a personal probably level. Probably not. Um, but uh, something tells me we're not. We would not be like best friends. But um, you know, I do think that. Yeah, I do like that he's in this movie playing a very, very similar character. Um, just like it, he's a detective. He, even though he's not as angry, he is still pretty aggressive and gruff. Oh yeah, um, yeah, definitely. You know. Um, but he's also he's not, like he's not like very good at his job. No, I don't think. Um, he's like weirdly permissive too. It's like the like obviously uh, Ryan Quentin is the main suspect in this murder. Yeah, he's not like treated like he's girl. a suspect in any. He just real like capacity. lets him go, and then like he like he drives back to like the his old town. What's just called? like Ravens Fair. Ravens Fair, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Like the most ridiculous name you could possibly come absurdly up with. over the top like um, horror themed town yeah um it's horror themed <laughs> because it has like three three residents still and or four sorry and um and everything is going out of business it's like um okay what's well yeah everybody's everybody's leaving to escape the curse of mary shaw don't blame them yeah but uh, so so ryan quentin goes back home and he's like trying to investigate. Well, he's ostensibly there to bury his wife, but he's also there to like try to investigate where this doll came from and like find out more about Mary Shaw and like why all this stuff happened. And there's this curse around Mary Shaw that she 
uh, we find out more about that she's apparently been like killing people over the years, and that's why people have been fleeing the town, and why the town is like all run down, not like it once was. Yeah, but it's like if okay, so like let's like think through this logically. She'd been actively killing people, presumably, because she's Mary Shaw, and that's what she does. Um, like first of all, everybody would leave. I'm just like, why would you not leave? Um, but they are, they are leaving. That makes sense. But it's like, not like, I feel like that. I mean, honestly, if that were happening in a small town now, I do think we would all know about it. Like collectively as a people, there would be like legends and, and like wikis about it and shit. Um, and so, um, this would be a legend he could have told Donnie Wahlberg and Donnie Wahlberg would have been like, Oh, let me read about that on like some fucking weird ass Wikipedia black hole. Yeah. Um, What's really weird about this movie is that there never was like a going to the library scene or like a yeah, looking there's things no, up on there's the internet no scene. Google search. There's none of that. <laughs> I am upset about that because that's my favorite scene in supernatural horror movies. Like always. That's like, just like the best part um, for 2007, especially like we should yeah. have gotten a Googling scene. We Instead, instead, we get the first scene where Ryan Quentin goes to the theater and checks things out. And he still like finds old newspaper clippings about the murders and stuff. And that's how he finds out. But that scene seems so out of place. Like, I feel like that should have been a library scene because it's like he goes to the spooky place and nothing really bad happens. And then he leaves, but then he comes back later and then all the bad things happen. Yeah. When he comes back later, it's like, it's completely taken over by creepy lady. I, you know, I think, um, yeah, you know, I also, why is the theater on an Island? Like, and how, like, how did people go see a show in the, the times before the town went to hell? Well, we're, like, when we're showing the flashback, it looks like there used to be a bridge across the lake that went there. But did you know, did you note the use of trust bridge to establish that this is a small town that's dying out? Because that was definitely used. In this it's classic, <laughs> classic. We, we, um, we got a trust bridge in this movie. It's a shot. staple of a dying is this, horror is this town. In Ohio and or Pennsylvania like because those are the two states that have the trust bridges you yeah know? really i don't i don't know that we have any sense of geography in this thing but it does we don't. feel it's typical of a kind james wan movie but, yeah um, definitely it does feel oh, it feels very new england like yeah. yeah well yeah okay new england well, like too, slightly south like the like the mid mid uh yeah. like pennsylvania area slightly yeah. around there. I, I, th- I think it feels that way kind of because it's like a town that's like dying out so it feels like it's in like coal country maybe um, yeah and it is kind of, I think it's mountains. This movie's in the mountains, right? It's sort of like, it feels, I don't know. It, I think yeah, it looks maybe. it. Maybe trust bridges just make me think mountains. But um, um, I do like that, like, when he's getting to the town, there's an establishing shot with the trust bridge. And I was like, hell yeah. We got to establish that we're a small town that's dying out. <laughs> like, this is the way. This is how it's done. Um, yeah. It's been it's been being done for years, uh, decades. Um, all long live the trust bridge. Um yeah so the town is really a bad place (laughs) um it's really gone to hell like the bridge has collapsed so nobody can go to the theater which that's for the best i like to think that mary shaw did that herself to like isolate herself over on this like weird place with her little her little dollies well Um, yeah i don't think anybody really was eager to go back to that theater after the whole mary shaw incident yes but the backstory of mary shaw is that like she used to be this great ventriloquist and that, and like, <laughs> this one kid 
called her out. It's gotta during... be the most outsized reaction to be called <laughs> really out. As a performer. Is. This she like it's like kid. she got called out one time. She's like, because of this one toxic kid, I'm gonna fucking kill you all. All right. Well, yeah. This one kid called her out for moving her lips during the performance, which doesn't like. So I'm unclear <laughs> how much of her magical powers already existed at this point. Because actually, her like, lips were moving. Um, yeah, it's like her lips were moving, but it's also implied that she has like some sort of supernatural ability to like inhabit her dolls. Well, because it's it's so, like. It's like her lips are moving, and then a few minutes later, when she's trying to prove that her lips aren't moving, it's her and Billy are kind of talking over one another. Yeah, like they're talking so, at the same time. Yeah, so it's like, well, then it then it becomes it's like creepy because it's like, oh wait, it's not her. Like Billy is like actually like talking right now. Like, um, but it's like this doesn't all make like, it, but it doesn't make sense because just a few seconds ago it did look like her lips were moving, a little bit when they were talking. So I don't know. It's I. It's very unclear. There are a lot of things on the supernatural front that are unclear about this movie. I want to be clear. I'm very confused. Um, but that yeah. is definitely one of them. Like what her abilities were before, before she got called out. But once she gets called out, it's like she everything goes to shit, man. Like she gets called yeah. out, and like like the devil possesses her. Like I'm like she's like this, very it's just angry a kid and being aggressive. a fucking kid, my dude. Like it's a kid. That's what kids do. Kids are like, especially little boys. Like they're just going to be like assholes. Even if your lips weren't moving, he would have said your lips are moving. Like, do you know how kids work? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, like, okay. And like, like Billy is like, is like, I'm just as real as you. And like, he's trying to put, and by the way, this is, this is kind of funny that the, the main puppet in this is called Billy, but he doesn't look like Billy, the puppet from the saw movies, but Billy, the but, puppet also features right. a, a very quick cameo. Um, Billy, the puppet from the saw movies is briefly shown among all the other puppets that yes. are in this. Right. Um, so that's kind of funny, but yeah. So like, he's like, I'm just as real as you. And like, like they're like, she's like challenging him to come up on the stage or whatever. And like that, presumably the performance is shuts down, but then later the kid goes missing and the uh, the town basically comes out and lynches Mary Shaw, um, which is also kind of crazy. I mean, like maybe like the, I mean, I just don't think that if I were I mean, maybe I was like a suspicious, crazy person back then. But like if like let's say like a kid goes to a performance and then like he heckles the performer and then a few days later goes missing. My first thought isn't going to be that like the performer like murdered the <laughs> I would just be like, this is an unfortunate coincidence. Maybe, maybe not even a coincidence. It's like a young boy who probably ran off into the woods and fell down and died. Like, you know, mm. something stupid like that. I would not think, mm, well, probably that performer that he heckled came in and murdered him for heckling her. <laughs> like, like you'd expect a I, like, ventriloquist to do. Well, especially if like, I mean, I do think ventriloquists are inherently creepy. I'm sorry if we have ventriloquists who listen to the pod, but it is I think, inha- it's an inherently creepy hobby. I think um, that's supposed to be part of it, though, is like they were already kind of suspicious of her for having this the, weird talent and like, like already the, the crowd expected the, she might be like in league with the devil or whatever. But the crowd at the theater was super into the show, like other than young henry who's a character in this movie and young henry is played by care gilchrist which is a fun like care gilchrist before he was big um like who's that care gilchrist he's an actor well, who, what what's he been in i don't 
don't know, random fucking movie. <laughs> okay. You don't you don't recognize the little boy who plays um he was in It Follows. That's one that's one thing. Oh, okay. And he was okay. he was one of the leads on United States of Tara. Um so I don't know. You don't know mm. Gary Gilchrist? So um I, I have not heard him yes. before, but um, yeah. Well you've definitely I have seen, seen it. it I have seen it him in It Follows, I guess. Yes. Um um and United States of Tara, come on. Even if you haven't seen it, that was like a big movie or a big TV show. Um Jeez, he's twenty nine now. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, uh, this movie anyway, came out a long time ago. <laughs> um. Um. So he was there, and he seemed creeped out by her, but everybody else was just like laughing, even when she was like giving shit back to the boy who heckled her. Like they were just yeah. like laughing along, like. And so then to find out that those same people, presumably who were laughing along, went and like lynched her for um. You know, because a boy went missing. I mean, it. She did kill the boy. I want to be clear. Like yeah. she did it. The so suspicions were right. That's the funny part is that yeah, then like, we later find out. Like, yes, she indeed did kill the boy. Like, it's kind of like when the town of Haddonfield, after Michael Myers kills three people, is like <laughs> fucking all bent the hell out of shape. He dies tonight. And it's like he killed. I mean, like, yeah, he killed three people, and that's bad. And he's back, and he's killing more. But like, I don't think the town would be this fucking like. They like, wouldn't all band together. Four decades later, people like, <laughs> uh, you know, I just think that like the town overreacted to, to the disappearance of this boy and then killed Mary Shaw for it. And me, I mean, she did it. She did. But maybe if they hadn't overreacted, she wouldn't have then killed like everybody else. So, you know, got to say. Like, right. She did. Um, <laughs> and it's unclear exactly where her supernatural abilities come from. Like we really She's have. Just a, you know, no she idea. might be the devil. Who's to say? She yeah, does live in be. Raven's Fair, you know? It's yeah. a fair. Fair is a very scary name for a horror town because that implies that you're at the Devil's Carnival. I don't know why this all, you know. Um, <laughs> the Devil's Carnival! Which also implies you might be home to Cirque du Freak. You never know when you'll be home to oh, Cirque boy. du Freak. So, well, we, um, we've discussed Cirque du Freak. We have not discussed the Devil's Carnival. Yeah, we, we might do that at some point. Yeah, Being a Darren Lynn Boosman project, and since he worked on the Saw movies, so it's somewhat adjacent to this film, for crying out loud. It uh, is, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so they the the people who went out to kill Mary Shaw after this were led by the ancestors of Ryan Quanton's character, uh, because apparently the the little boy what is like his great uncle or something. The boy who went missing, we should be clear. Yeah, Kara Gilchrist. Who, not, yeah, yeah. not the boy who seemed upset in the audience. The but. boy who went missing. The uh, Kara Gilchrist it eventually ends up being like the town undertaker. What fucking um, weird thing for the boy who was clearly scared of a woman with a doll to start doing. But Well, apparently that, that was like his dad's job and he just took over the business. Well, because... that's, this is the sort of town where everybody just goes into the family business. I understand yeah. That. That's um, true. But there's that weird scene where, uh, like, (laughs) despite Mary Shaw having apparently been decided to be a murderer by the town, she still gets her, like, dying wish, which is to be turned into a doll before she's buried. And the, like, the town's uh, undertaker is in charge of doing that. So, And and it's um, it's Kier Gilchrist's dad. It's his, like... His dad, Henry Walker is the character. 
when little Henry like goes down to look at the body in the middle of the night, and it's like she falls out of the coffin and she's got like a, like a, a ventriloquist doll style mouth. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so fucking weird. I mean, many things about this movie are weird. Let's be clear about that. But, oh um, yeah. Well, cause apparently she like, so not only did she kill this kid, she turned him into like a marionette. <laughs> Yes. And they find him later in the in the theater, somehow perfectly preserved after like 70 years and like just like kind of dried out, but still functioning as a marionette. Well, because, you know, when you're turned into a living doll, you're probably you get like, I mean, I feel like his body was in, entombed, you know, like it was like there were a certain, you know, there were pres- preservatives. Yeah. On his, they on had his, to find some way to embalm. Body embalm him and then puppetify him yeah whatever that's a puppetify yeah puppetify uh, i don't know um uh, but that that's a constant theme in this movie so i don't know if you call it a theme it's a trope people getting turned into puppets uh yes. so yes. you know people are gradually getting killed off through this movie the as the legend states um, you should not scream around Mary Shaw because she'll rip your tongue out. And like, if, if you manage not to scream, apparently you're fine. Like, that's the only thing. That's the only way she can kill you is if you scream. Yeah. It's, you know what? Okay. So let's talk about the inconsistency. Like, it's like, you have to like scream in terror, I guess. But if like, you just happen to be shouting to your friends, I guess it's fine. Because like, <laughs> they're like entire things were like, like, Ryan Quanton, Ryan Quant, whatever, and Dottie Wahlberg are running around shouting as they run away from her, and nothing's happening to them. And I'm right, like, what? Right. What are like what? What are the rules of yelling the marriage? Apparently, Shawar? does not count. So, like, if you're just yelling like over there or something, like that's not the same as screaming. You have to be like screaming, like open mouthed, tongue is ready to be grabbed, screaming. Um, but it doesn't even necessarily have to be like you're screaming because you're scared of Mary Shaw. Like it could be like you're screaming because you suddenly fell off a bridge and you're falling. And it's a very like, specific ah. use case, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yes, it can, it doesn't, it can be because of anything, which is, you know, you would think they would play that up more. Like she would just like try to trick people into falling, um, or like doing weird things where they might fall or might scream. Um, but it's a very, it just seems like the power, like it, I, I like, I don't actually know why, um, like why that's her thing. I don't know why it has to be like screaming and terror and not just like making any noise because actually, you know, the poem is like the only thing that can stop her is dead silence. Well, actually, no, it's just like, you could like talk up a storm, but as long as you don't scream, you're fine. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like you, it doesn't matter. Uh, allegedly allegedly i just want to be like i don't know if that's true you know what i mean like it seems like it's not totally clear um i was very confused about all of that like it's like you have to scream but like you can make any other noise because that doesn't seem to make any sense and also you would think that if you know that and like if you're for example henry walker and you've lived in this town for decades knowing that she was running around killing anybody who screams you would be pretty steeled to not screaming um <laughs> also i don't understand why when she kills you and takes your tongue suddenly she can use your voice gotta say voice box not on my tongue um yeah so no that but. i mean that's that's like the the magical 
uh, element to this, but the supernatural element. But yeah, that that is something that we see throughout the movie is that like every time she kills somebody and she kills a few different people, uh, ends up killing the undertaker and his wife. Uh, she's able to use their voices and yeah. we're not shown exactly how that works <laughs> until later in the movie <laughs> where you see that she's like, so like you see this horrible, creepy, like zombie type Mary Shaw, whatever, but she's got this really long tongue. That's just like all these other tongues strung together. <laughs> It's yeah, it's really she's upsetting. Like, she's just got like everybody's tongue and she can use whatever tongue she wants, I guess, to talk. There's the one scene where she's she's talking through that one puppet. You just see the puppet talking and then eventually you see like like she's like standing behind it with the long tongue poking out its mouth. Yeah. It's yeah. very disturbing. It's like it's such a weird, unsettling image that like I can't believe anybody came up with that because I've never seen anything like that. In a movie. Just You're a telling long... me you can't believe that the guy who came up with Malignant came up with that visual. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's only James Wan. Maybe maybe I I can't think of anyone other than James Wan coming up yeah. with something like that because it's just like somebody with just a long string of tongues coming out of their mouth. Yeah, it's just like a patchwork so of tongues. It's it's really weird. upsetting, and it's like go like the part where it's like going through the the clown puppet, which also I gotta say the clown puppet is the most like shoehorned in sequence of this entire movie. Like this woman would not make a clown puppet. All of her puppets were like little children. They looked like humans. Yeah, and then there's the one creepy clown puppet. I'm like that. Uh, uh-uh, no, this is we have jumped the shark. We've gone too far here. <laughs> um, she would yeah. not do that. Um, to be that, clear, the, the creepy child puppets are creepy enough, but the clown one is just like, oh, okay, now you're you're doing a clown. I got it. Yeah. I think the clown is creepy just because I think clowns are creepy, but like it's like it's not it doesn't make it doesn't track at all with what like Mary Shaw is. Like her puppets are her children. They all are right. supposed to look like people. Like not that well, I guess I just implied that clowns aren't people. But like <laughs> clowns um, are people too. <laughs> you heard it here first. Clowns are not people. Um Sorry to the clowns. Juggalo listening. rights. Um, no. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think. Whoop, whoop. That, uh, oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, I just like I, I do. That scene is like the most shoehorned in. But it does get us that visual of her like beh- operating the clown puppet while her tongue is like sticking through the mouth of the of the of the puppet, um, yeah. you know, which is an interesting you know, visual. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting is a good word for it. It's worth mentioning um, as well that like she had all the puppets buried with her. <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs> like, that was like another one of her final wishes that everyone apparently was perfectly willing to carry out. Despite it makes the fact no they thought sense. She was like, why murder? did they all mobbed her and cut out her tongue and killed her? But then they were like, mm, yeah, we'll do your dying wishes. Maybe is like, it- it's because they it's like she wrote a f- will. Like it's like a like when you do a will, it's like a legal document. It's like, so like legally, you must bury my puppets as well. Yeah. Um. But then it did give us that funny scene where Donnie Wahlberg was like trying to dig up all the puppet graves, and they were all missing. Yes, that is funny. <laughs> uh, Donnie Wahlberg gets a lot of the humorous scenes in this movie. He's. I- it's like, so funny because he plays it like relatively deadpan and yet everything he's doing is really funny. <laughs> I like when he um when like they like he's shown up at the house where James Quant or Ryan Quantin is Quentin and he's like 
and Rain Quentin is like, I've got to go. He called me. He's at the theater and he's running off to the theater. And Donnie Wahlberg is just like, I don't have a full tank of gas. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> did you not plan before you came out yeah. here like, like. also like what kind of a complaint is that from a detective like just shouting <laughs> like <laughs> you sound like a bratty child like it's like i wasn't even supposed to be here today <laughs> also he like operates when they go to the theater i gotta say with a fucking rifle like, he just has a <laughs> rifle that he's carrying around. I'm like, you're a detective. Well, he's, it's like hit? a shotgun or something. Yeah. But he's he's got like it's he's got like a million shots in it, though. Oh, yeah. And much. he never has to reload. He's just like, he's this just is like, like a Resident bam, Evil, bam, like, bam, like bam. wet dream. Like, he, he's just like not, he doesn't have to worry about bullets or anything like that. He just keeps doing it. He's Speaking sh- of Resident Evil... Mary Shaw <laughs> maybe influenced Resident Evil Village. Don't know if you played it yet, but there's an entire level about dolls in a creepy house with an old woman. An entire level devoted. I mean, to it. she just generally seems like she could be a Resident Evil character. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it makes sense to me that that your mind would go there. Um yeah, there's there's that part where he's trying to destroy all the puppets, which are like display that like they 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 apparently got dug up and now they're like displayed in the theater. He's trying to well, shoot they, all they of them. They got dug up, quote unquote, but it's like by like Mary Shaw. Yeah, by Mary Shaw. But he, he's like trying to destroy them. But and you think like, oh, he's just going to run out of ammo. <laughs> but no, they just decide, oh, let's stop shooting him and just burn him instead. He never runs out. No, he <laughs> he's never just runs out. constantly shotgun. And it's so funny like clearly almost the entire time up until he starts running into the supernatural stuff of the theater, he still suspects that Ryan Quanton is actually the guy behind all this, but he never just like takes him in. No, <laughs> he's still just like, all right, I'm going to follow you on this wild goose chase. To but this he follows abandoned him on theater. the wild goose chase and thinks I should bring a shotgun in with me while I'm doing it. <laughs> just um, in case. You know. It's like the most bizarre thing for like a detective to use as their gun in a two thousands movie. Like, just use a handgun. Like, but yeah. it's very funny that he has this, like, shotgun. Um, he's just a very a very strange character. Uh, it's good that he's an interesting and weird character because, like, our lead is pretty boring. Uh, yeah, you know, Ryan Quentin is, is not particularly exciting in this. I thought he was a lot more fun in True Blood. Yeah, well, yeah. He's fairly I mean, it's not the actor. Movie. The problem is not Ryan Quentin in this movie. It's just like the character yeah, is not meant to be particularly interesting. The role is is pretty boring. Like yeah. there's not. He's just like kind of moving from scene to scene. Honestly, he's not even like mourning that much. I gotta say, like he's just sort of like his wife dies and he's upset for a scene, and then he's just like, and I must solve the mystery. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I like would not be getting out of bed. I just saw my wife with her tongue ripped out. Like, I just remembered. I just remembered all those great scene transitions towards the beginning where it's like he's at the crime scene and it like zooms in on his eye. Oh, then, yes. Oh, man. Shows him oh. elsewhere at the crime scene. Oh, and then I it zooms like in again and he's in the like interrogation room yeah that's up there with like throwing somebody through a mirror and, and <laughs> like, those crazy saw, uh, saw that, three was, transitions. that was primo that was some great scene transition i was like this is the shit you know this is how it's a low budget 2000s horror movie like we're <laughs> we are out here doing scene transitions that like 
like people thought up and were like, wouldn't this be so cool? And then they put it together and thought, this is not actually good. This is bad, but let's fucking leave it because this is like, just, we put energy into this. This is dope, right? No, it's not, but I love it. I gotta say, as goofy as it was, it didn't look like nothing looks like terrible 2000 CGI in this movie, which is pretty impressive. Terrible. Well, it's because they mostly like, like you don't actively watch people get disfigured and like, you know, like when somebody gets their jaw ripped off, it's like done behind a shroud of like an yeah. arm or like a, a beam or something like there's something there. So, um, you know, most of the time it's just like makeup after the fact. Right. Um, and so that's a plus. Um, I do like fun. we get the one scene where Donnie Wahlberg is, is falling off the, like the little walkway and screams and then like, the ghost of Mary Shaw like rips right through him and we get to see that he gets, but his then he comes out, out from behind the curtains and that's when we see him with his jaw ripped off and he's still screaming. Oh yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. He like, he, she like drags him off behind the curtains. He and disappears then the for a second then comes takes back. Place. Um, yeah. The closest right. we get is when Henry Walker dies. Like he, you see her arm like slash across his face and then he doesn't have a jaw and it's sort of like, it's fast enough to where you think you've seen it happen, but really her arm is kind of covering it when it happens. Um, Mm -hmm. um, And then that's when she says, your voice is mine now. Um, (laughs) In his voice too. Yes. Which is Um, very spooky. Uh, It's very spooky. Um, But this all happens under like the fucking, like he's in a weird, creepy basement in his funeral parlor, which is like, like, it's like a, it's like the, uh, it's the underside of the house. Like he's like having to crawl. He can't even stand. Um, that's where Mary Shaw gets him, which is also like a, like, don't go under there. I mean, I know that he <laughs> thinks he's getting his, his wife. Who's like, obviously, I'm sorry. She obviously needs to be see- getting psychiatric help. Yeah. And he's she just has sort some of, serious problems. He's and just she sort keeps of like crawling into that crawl space. And he's like, Hey, don't go. I told you not to go in there. It's like, why does this place exist at all? What about when this she's holding a raven? She's space. holding a raven and just like petting it. And I'm like, can we get this woman like a doctor? Like, I don't, like, I don't think the raven's alive. I mean, I, it's not very clear, but I think it's like a stuffed raven. Um, mm-hmm. But she's like petting it. And and he, I'm like, something is wrong with this woman. She needs psychiatric help. And he's just like, honey, go get some sleep. I'm like, that's not fixing this. That's This is not ending when she takes a nappy poo. Like, it's like this. We're all, <laughs> we just need like, come on, man. Um, but he doesn't want to do that. Um like she's sitting at the funeral at the funeral of like the, I guess of uh, Jamie's wife of Ryan Quentin's wife. Um, and she's like talking to Billy, the puppet, like at a funeral. And I'm, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? It's like at the viewing or whatever, where the coffin is mm-hmm. like fucking like, this man is not taking care of his wife who needs some help. Bad husband. So um, that's why you get killed. Henry Walker fucking you get got because you can't do your job. <laughs> like, um, Jesus. Um, Very troubling. Yeah. Um, we have a lot t- of people in this movie, not putting things together is what I really think is a problem. People are oh, just yeah. like, like they're like, like Ryan Quinn is like, hmm, I come from the town where there's a the creepy dolls. I got a doll in the mail. Hmm. I'm sure this is fine. Oh, my wife died after the doll. Hmm. Probably connected. Let me go home to the doll town. <laughs> go to the doll town. Seems like the, obvious choice was like not to go to the doll town i know it's your wife and you want to bury her but like the obvious choice is that like 
You don't. I mean, I think it would have been safe to assume I'm being summoned back to the doll town by somebody who wants to kill me. I do think that would have been a logical assumption to make there. Just like even like not knowing that it's supernatural at all. Been like, I got the doll from the doll town, clearly from the doll town. My <laughs> wife died as soon as I got the doll from the doll town and she was left alone with the doll from the doll town. Right. And now right. I'm going back to the doll town. I would not go back to the doll town. I'm clearly being called back. It's not time. Christ almighty. He's stupid. This makes sense. I, I mean, I, I don't think the characters in this movie thought it through as much as you have. Um, <laughs> they make some big mistakes. By the way, we haven't talked yet about Ryan Quanton's character's dad. Who's no, which we have to, and we should do spoiler <laughs> alert at some point going into this conversation. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, but I don't, just I cannot talk about this movie without talking about the twist. So we definitely have to yeah. do spoiler alert. Well, we're we're <laughs> about to get to we're about to get to that. But so when when uh, when Jamie Ashen, aka Ryan Quentin, <laughs> yes. shows up shows up in this town first thing, he he goes to see his dad and. His dad is with the new wife, whatever, which is apparently his third wife. And my favorite part of this whole exchange here is when. Uh, so first of all, the new wife is like Ryan Quentin's age. Yes, <laughs> like, they're both like they're both like late twenties, early thirties. Yes, which and like the dad is like in his seventies, probably. Um, but uh, my favorite part of this whole thing is like after. They have a whole exchange where it's like, oh, like I never wanted you to come back here or whatever, because like we're, we're trying to get you away to like stay away from the curse of Mary Shaw. Um, and the reason he was back is because, you know, his wife had died or whatever. Um, but <laughs> there's a part where he's leaving and the the new stepmom is following him and he's like, uh <laughs> he's pointing out the paintings on the wall where each of the, the previous wives oh my God, had, yeah, been, had been painted out. And I thought this was so, this was such a hilarious part because there was such an obvious gap in each of these paintings. Yes. Where the wife was supposed it'll, to be. Be like, it'll be like the dad and Ryan Quentin on either side of a chair. And then the chair is just like empty. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's like every, in every one, the wife was clearly the center of the composition and they just painted her out neatly. And he's like, well, I guess you'll probably outlive him. So you won't have to pay, be painted out of this one. And then they got the last one with the two of them. <laughs> also, that is like the most deranged, psychotic behavior a person could <laughs> ever do. I mean, like. There's, like, not a lot of explanation about ro why Ryan Quentin and his dad, like, do not get along. Like, there's not a lot of, like, they don't go into it. You just sort of have to assume that he was, like, distant and not a good dad or husband because he's remarried multiple times. Well, one, one thing that gets mentioned at one point, and I, I should point out, is that the, the dad says that he purposely pushed him away in order to get him to leave town um, so that he wouldn't be subject to the curse of Mary Shaw because his yeah, well, yes, family that, line, because his family line was directly involved in killing her. But, agreed, you know, agreed. But that's, it's that's, that's unreliable. Uh, it's unreliable, but, and also it's it doesn't really explain like how he pushed him away because I don't think that Ryan Quentin really knew that he had been intentionally pushed away. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think the character of Ryan Quentin was like, or well, the character of Jamie Ashton, as portrayed by Ryan Quentin, was like. 
yes, I knew my dad had intentionally pushed me away. I thought he thought, I think he was under the impression his dad was just a shitty person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, but like, there's not really much going into detail of why he was such a shitty person, like what he did to push him away, any of that. Um, it's just like, yes, I intentionally pushed you away, but like how? Anyway, but you don't really have to once you get to the reveal that he paints over his ex-wives in paintings. <laughs> that's like, well, that's fucking enough, man. Like anybody who would do that is not the kind of person I would want to be around for very long. That is completely unhinged behavior. That is like, I it's mean, very strange. We think that's about like, like in the current like some days, somebody might century shit. Yeah. Somebody might like crop out a partner from a Facebook photo, but that is like not the same. This is like, <laughs> like that takes the most minimal effort of all time. This they is paid like someone to paint over that. Someone with actual painting. Right. Skill. That is truly bizarre. Like <laughs> it is a very straight. I mean, I like, I mean, there are many reasons that in the end you're like, oh, I see. But like at the time of watching him, like who marries a man who does that? That's weird. And he did it not once, but twice. And you still thought I should marry that. That seems like a good idea. Like, no, that man might murder people and then cover it up. Like anybody who does that. I'm just saying not putting murder past him. Like yep. very strange. Very, very strange. Yes. And it's so, presented as just like a sort of like rude, but like kind of normal thing he does. Like it's not presented as the most <laughs> bewildering thing you could possibly imagine. Like it definitely should be. It's like, oh, he's oh. just dramatic, you know? Yeah. I'm like, no, that's like completely bizarre. Like, so, okay. So we should, we should get to the end here. Yeah. Cause we're, we're, we're teetering on the edge of it. Um, I'm on the edge. I'm glad so we mentioned that they're, you know, they're in there trying to destroy all the dolls in at the theater. Ryan Quentin manages to escape from the theater after um, almost getting killed, and Donnie Wahlberg gets killed because he screams that he falls off the walkway, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, see, I would be so good in this situation because when I get scared, I can't scream. I can't make any noise. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Like the pe people who like clam up when they're frightened would be like so OP in this situation. Yeah, that would be me because I literally can't. Like when I wake up from like a really bad nightmare, I have to work to scream if I'm scared enough to want to scream. You know what I mean? Like I have to like try yeah. really hard. So in the, like I would just be like, wow, like I couldn't do anything. I'd be so lucky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wow well, like somehow this seems to be working okay great somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this <laughs> it does <laughs> so he manages to like he he swims out of the bottom of the theater um and escapes and he realizes that like you know he's destroyed all the dolls because the theater's on fire but there's still one left which is billy which is back at his dad's house so he goes back there to destroy the doll. He gets attacked by Mary Shaw, of course, but he manages to throw the doll in the fire and she seems to go away. So he's like, aha, now we've wait, let's um, we wait, 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 let's backtrack a bit. Okay. Um, he doesn't first go back to his house. He goes to the funeral parlor. Remember? Right, right, right. He and goes he there. He runs and into the wife of, of Henry Walker. And she's like, your dad took the doll. Your dad. He's like, my dad is in a wheelchair. No, he didn't. He hasn't done anything in years. And she's like, he was here. 
which also doesn't totally, I mean, I guess it does. I guess in, okay, anyway, it's sort of like, what the fuck? He he came here and took the doll, the wheelchair man? Like, yeah. doesn't um, make sense. Yeah. Um, and that's when we find also, like, when he, when, we should also uh, note that, like, there, there were a lot of red flags, such as that the, the Ashen Manor doesn't have, like, an elevator or, like, a lift. Like, and this man, like, yeah. <laughs> So this guy, yeah, this guy has ostensibly had a stroke and is confined to and a he wheelchair. U- and he uses a wheelchair, yeah. And so, but like, like uh, lots of red flags. Um, but he, yeah, he, so, so like, this is all. This is how Jamie finds out that uh, Henry the Undertaker was killed. Yes, uh, by Mary Shaw. So that yeah, so he races back to the Ashen Manor to find and destroy the doll and he he manages to throw it in the fire while getting attacked by mary shaw and she seems to go away but he sees it in the in the corner of the room his dad is over there just like sort of sitting in the darkness he's like what's going on over here and he looks behind his dad and his dad is like all hollowed out oh my god there's like there's like a hollow person with like just a big wooden dowel down the middle of him and then we get all all these flashbacks illustrating that his dad is a puppet is, is a puppet and has been like a puppet the entire time of this movie yeah and, and like being controlled this, by his wife yeah all the um, scenes we saw him and he was being controlled by his wife okay and he, like, but my, the most insane the part of the montage is when the wife is feeding him soup and we have to see the <laughs> soup slop <laughs> into the fucking bowl i fucking hate it i hate it so I much I don't know why they specifically felt the need to illustrate that part to us. It's like, okay, yes, this is how he's eating. It's like, I don't care how he's eating. I like this. The most, that's not the weirdest part of all this, but okay. (laughs) But it like really, it honestly is like, she went out of like this woman, like his wife, Ella went out of her way to make sure Ryan Quinn got to see his dad fake eating. Like she went out of her way to do that. That was a thing that she did. Like, which is truly surreal. Like, and it's just there's just like a bowl, like in his neck, behind his neck, where like this like clam chowder or whatever is slopping around. Like, <laughs> it is like clam chowder. Like <laughs> gross. It's, it's so, so gross. Don't you think that like I like in retrospect, it's like I think Ryan Quentin could have figured this one out, man. Like, like this man is like hollowed out, like if he'd looked at him from just like the side. Like it's like <laughs> like and like there's just like a big bowl jutting out from his neck where the the soup is collecting. <laughs> the entire time he was there, it, like including the fact that he was apparently there for a whole meal, he never once saw him from any angle other than directly head on. <laughs> right. Also, like the soup plops into the bowl. Like it makes sound. Yeah, wouldn't you hear, hear the soup splashing down? That would be so gross. If you saw somebody eating and you just heard like this splat splat. It's <laughs> so fucking gross. <laughs> 
Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, like I mean, there's so many disturbing things that happen in this movie, but for some reason, that the clam chowder dripping down is definitely the grossest part it's of the So show. gross! It's like appalling. Like, that's why he screams and gets himself killed is because he's thinking about the fucking clam chowder ball. <laughs> Just that. So yeah, so then like after he makes this discovery so also we're as we're getting like these flashes of how all this was done we're also getting the flashes of Mary Shaw's notebook which shows like how to create the perfect doll and we all assumed that like oh this was just about how she wanted to be turned into a doll or maybe it was about how she was trying to turn that kid into a marionette but it was actually like these were the plans that were used to turn his dad into a puppet and then at the then he gets attacked by the new wife who it turns out is like an embodiment of Mary Shaw and that's when he screams and she rips his tongue out. Yeah. And then I we mean, get that weird little like ending scene where they're like reading the poem and they're showing everyone who got killed like pictures of them with like these big smiles on their faces. And they have the marionette jaw. They have the, the Mary Yeah. With the marionette like, mouth. Right. It's rough, right? Um, God, it's so funny. The fucking marionette mouth. Also, like, what? Like Mary Shaw's like end game. Like, it's just to kill everyone. That's her end game. It's just like to kill. Like, there's no. Is it just revenge? Like, yeah, I think she just wants revenge. She wants to kill everyone from that bloodline. And oh, and that's that's one of the things that's mentioned is like the reason why she killed his wife was not because like she wanted to kill her, but because she was carrying his unborn baby. And it's like I killed the last Ashen. Right. Right. And that's why. Yeah. I mean, and that's why she had to bring him back because she had to kill him, too. So yeah. that, like he couldn't, you know in theory, get somebody else pregnant, right? So, um, like, yeah, she's very specifically motivated by snuffing out that bloodline in addition to, like, anyone else. It's so interesting that when that's, like, crime. a motivation in a in a movie. What if Ryan Quinn's character had been gay? It would have been like, well, there's no bloodline. <laughs> I mean, like, he's ending it. Like, I don't know. Like, what's the what's a big deal? What um, if he got in a vasectomy? It's yeah. like, uh, well, like, it doesn't matter. Like... Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I guess she'd still want revenge and like just want to kill someone who was related to the original killers. She definitely, but would. also, that's just but scary. also, she did the thing that they were coming <laughs> yeah, after. I, was, for, I, I, so I like so to think about that because it's like it's so. I'm glad this movie was made in like the 2000s because in the 2000s, she did it and she sought revenge and she won. Um, in like if this movie were made in like 2016 onward, it would be like, she didn't do it, but she sought revenge. So you were supposed to be like, wow, I feel sympathy for her, but also <laughs> she's off, taking queen. it too far. So <laughs> that would have been her plight. Right. It would have been like the, the, like the thing where it's like, you didn't do it, but you can't react like this. Um, you know, that would have been the plight and they would have had to like set her free or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, because it's the 2000s, she actually did it. And she, and she gets to win. Nowadays, the villains rarely even get to win, you know. Um, nowadays, they, like, get set free and they get to go on and be on their way or something like that. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, so interesting to think about how horror like this has changed just since then. Um, but 
Yeah, she uh she did it. Like she's seeking this revenge. She's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you for this. And it's like, but like they were right. I mean, like you I maybe they overreacted a little bit, but like you did deserve punishment for like killing a small boy whose only crime was like heckling you once at a performance. I mean, kind of <laughs> annoying, but like he didn't I don't know that he deserved to like be turned into a puppet, like um <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably harsh, not. Mary. Probably um, not. But so. yeah, uh, there, there's just so many wild things in that movie. I, I had a lot of fun rewatching this. I definitely, you know, I remember the the main beats of it that she was like, you know, the ventriloquist, and that like she would rip your tongue out and stuff like that. But I didn't really remember exactly how weird this movie was. Yes. It was so delightfully strange. I had a lot of fun revisiting it. Yes. Yeah, I liked it. I thought I thought it was fun. I mean, it's like it's definitely not a perfect movie, but it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. I think it's really entertaining. Um it's a silly little and it it, it is like a nice I mean, I'm a big fan of two thousands horror anyway. I like a time capsule horror, so it is very much that. Oh yeah. This this really this kind of movie brings me back, you know, like to when I was first getting into horror, watching stuff right. like this. Right. Very fun. Well, um, is there anything else we should touch on before we close out? About this movie? About this movie? About anything else? Uh, one thing uh, I would like to note about this movie is that since I created my profile on Letterboxd, my bio on Letterboxd has been, has opened with, remember, whatever happens, don't scream. It has been that <laughs> since I created my Letterboxd profile and I have never changed it. And it still says that, um, which is a direct quote from this movie. Ryan Quinton says it to Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> um, Very nice. So, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a longtime fan. <laughs> I think <laughs> when I did it, it was ironic. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. This movie is very I, enjoyable. Um, I like that this movie starts with like a a like academic type title card. It's like in the sixth century BC, it was believed that the spirits of the dead would. Speak oh yeah, to the but it's like an academic. It's like that academic type. Like the 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 text of it is academic, but like the visual is like a a silent era film, like um, yeah. a title card, like telling us something mm-hmm. about what's going on. Um, which is also fun, um, which also kind of makes sense because it's called Dead Silence. Um, Beware the stare, um, Mary Shaw. Um, you know, I almost feel bad for Mary Shaw, but then she like really took things a little too far. Um, she sure did. I mean, she I also mean, killed a child. I mean, before <laughs> she had a reason to take things too far, she got you. She had an just... overreaction problem. If the town overreacted, like I gotta say, she overreacted the first time. Like a boy heckled her, and she's like. I got to kill you for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's only one solution here. <laughs> and I took um, that personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you could have just had him ejected if that was what you wanted to do. Right. Um, or just like you won, like you, you heckled him back and you won by yeah. you and Billy talking at the same time. I think that pretty much put him in his place. Like You embarrassed him. Yeah. Like that was all you had to do. <laughs> Instead, she was like, I embarrassed you and after the shame, the public shaming, I killed you. Um, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let this be a lesson. Don't overreact, folks. Just that don't go the, that far. That is the theme of this movie. Don't overreact. Um, don't underreact either, like Rand Quentin does when he first gets the doll in the mail. That is an <laughs> underreaction. So really, this movie is a is a is a cautionary tale about like the appropriate level of reaction. So just think about you know moderate your reactions accordingly to this film. Something also funny worth noting is that like after his wife gets killed, then he like tears the lining out of the box that the doll came in and finds out that it was like that like that there's like it's, some it's like Mary Shaw and Billy. It has Mary like, Shaw and Billy. That's yeah, it says like. like Mary Shaw on it and that and that's how he's like, Oh yes, I should go back to to Raven's Fair. It's like none, none of the rest of this gave you a hint that maybe this had something to do with the weird puppet town that you come well, from like before not, you <laughs> he's like maybe not bright. Like he's not particularly intelligent and he doesn't put things together very well. Um that's too bad because I think it could have helped him in this case. Like, like if he'd realized that, oh, I'm being summoned back to Raven's Fair by Mary Shaw, creepy doll. I would have thought I should set the doll on fire before I go back. Like that would have come to my mind because it's like, I've been sent the doll from the creepy doll town by the creepy doll lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can nobody put this together? Like I come from the town that is, it has Mary Shaw and her dolls killing people. And I got one of those dolls and then my wife died. So I'm going to go back to that town. I would think this doll should be disposed of first. Like that would, that would occur to me, man. Cause I would have at least thought, no, the doll isn't coming to life and killing me, but it probably has a camera or some sort of tracker or something. And that's how this all happened. That's what I would have thought. Cause I wouldn't think <laughs> supernatural, but Jesus Christ, Ryan Quentin can't think of anything. That's why he ends up getting killed by a, a blonde lady who feeds a puppet clam chowder man yeah if i ever get killed by somebody who feeds a puppet clam chowder <laughs> fuck me never fucking letting it go. avenge me avenge never me never live it down uh, like <laughs> it would be weirdly specific if that was how you ended up dying at this point if it's not i'll be upset <laughs> well um you know with that <laughs> You can, uh, I think we're done with our uh, screening room of the night. Yeah, I think so. And our until screaming room. Our screaming room. Don't scream. Um, um, and, you know, until next time, you can find us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review if you like what we're doing. Reviews are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify these days. And you can also reach out to us we're on twitter at buzzed on movies and you can send us an email at buzzed on movies at gmail.com and until next time we'll see you at the movies we'll see you at the theater on the lake that you have to get to by the town boat that's conveniently parked on the dock at all times ah! <laughs> <laughs>